So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Loose Heads podcast uh, with me, Ali, and we are joined by some of the Academy uh, members as well. We have uh, Maddie, we have Bethany, and for the first time coming onto the podcast, it's Jamie. Hello, Jamie. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Just uh, plodding away this weekend. Awesome. We've uh, Obviously, it's uh, Easter Sunday uh, today, so I imagine... All of you guys must have received so many uh, bits and bobs to do with chocolate, uh, eggs and stuff like that. So um, I guess that's sort of been filling up your, your day, so to speak. But um, And um, we're joined by a very special guest as well, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now, she has played for Loughborough Lightning. She's also played for Saracens, uh, England under-20s as well, and GB7s uh, for the under-18s as well. Now, please give a warm welcome to Jodie Mallard. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. I'm really excited to be on the podcast for the first time. Well, it's, it's brilliant to have you on. Uh, we've got loads to chat about. Um, obviously, a lot to do with your rugby career, and we're going to be chatting a lot about mental health as well, um, which is why some of our academy ambassadors are on uh, to do with loose heads. So, um, but um, I guess the first question I've always asked every single player coming onto the podcast and it's just been a, a common question really is how did you uh, get into rugby where did your journey start for you uh, so my journey started when I was about four or five years old my dad used to take me and my twin sister up to the rugby club with him um, just to well it's basically because he wanted to play rugby and my mum was busy so we'd have to sit on the sideline and just watch or not watch and just mess around you know whatever we felt on the day and um it was just from being there every week that I decided to just join and me and my sister thrived we loved absolutely loved it um you know we typically lost our gumshoe every week and our boots went missing and and it was just it's one of those things we really got into um from the start and it just progressed from there that's really good um I mean did did you at an early age realized that rugby was like the number one sport for you to go for out of many others that could have been offered yeah uh, I immediately hated football um I tried to join a club and I just didn't want to be there uh, rugby I always you know I was up out of bed even earlier than I needed to be just to get ready for rugby sometimes I'd go to bed in my rugby kit so that <laughs> when I woke up I was raring to go and be like come on let's go um but yeah immediately I mean I love other sports you know like I used to take part in school sports a lot but but rugby was always the one that I'd go yeah I play rugby and I love rugby um so yeah definitely that's good to know um, that you go to bed with your rugby gear on because that means that you're you're a very keen person. You know, you're very oh, yeah. keen to sort of get out there on the pitch as soon as possible, yeah. basically, and just yeah, get yeah. on with it. So, yeah. um, but um, I guess for yourself, uh, it's been quite a, a fantastic journey, I guess, for you uh, from an early age. I mean, I think you're only 17 or 18, I believe, at the time when you uh, when you joined Loughborough. Yes, I was. Yeah. Um, I, so I started going to the Centre of Excellence training and I was so nervous. I thought I wasn't very good and I didn't think I'd get anywhere with it. And then said, I'll scrap the Centre of Excellence, come straight to the Lightning. And I was like, oh, all right. OK. Um, so, yeah, I plodded along to training and actually it was really good for the first season. Um, second season was when I decided to toy with leaving there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, how did the transition for you happen, obviously, when you went from Loughborough over to Saracens? What actually happened during that period? 
Um, so both clubs supported me a lot. Um, it was a case of not getting the game time at Loughborough where I decided I needed to look elsewhere. I was at a point where I was still absolutely loving rugby and I 100% wanted to, you know, reach my highest level that I could. And Alex, the um, head coach at Saracens, got in contact with me and he just says, would you consider moving um, to, to Saracens? Um, and I thought, you know what, my nan doesn't live far away from there. If I can just move to my nan's house and get a job down that way, then I'm absolutely up for it. And I just went for it. And best decision I made, to be honest. Now, I've heard a lot of good things about Alex uh, from a lot of the Saracens players that I've had on the podcast before. Um, I guess the same thing is from your end as well in, in terms of that. Yeah, um, he's a brilliant coach. Um, I, I'm still scared of him, <laughs> absolutely terrified. Um, but, you know, you just know where that line is with Alex. And he he just got player development on the back of his mind, or well, sorry, the front of his mind all of the time. Um, and he's continuously trying to improve us as players, um, as individuals and as a team. Um, it was a shame I never actually got to play for them, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, speaking of Alex, I... Whenever there's been a Saracens game on a live stream, I've watched it. And the amount of noise that he creates from the sidelines is truly unbelievable. Like, honestly, it's like, because uh, obviously there's no crowds there, there's no people there watching the games, etc. So you can hear everything the coaches say, everything the players say. Um, and Alex is just, I mean, he's not a quiet guy. Let's be fair. No. Oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> got that right. <laughs> but um, I guess he's that sort of coach who, wants the best out of players and wants to uh, get what, what's best for the team going forward, you know? Absolutely. He's one of them guys that he is 100% in it to work on your improvement as long as you're in it as well. He won't do the work if you're not willing to put it in yourself. Um, so you've got to meet him in the middle and he's 100% going to, going to support you with that. What um, sort of things did you sort of hear from the girls with Saracens about like what sort of... I guess what training stuff you did during the week leading up to games, et cetera. I mean, from what I could tell from the players I had on the pod before that there's been a lot of intensity at training, especially now, um, because obviously Saracens are the two-time defending champions at the moment uh, from the Premier 15s. So I guess the weekly schedule for them has been very intense and very uh, tough as well. Yeah, um, it was... Very, as you say, very intense at training. Um, like I said, I wasn't very much on the pitch with the girls because of my injury, but yeah. from being in the change rooms and team chats and knowing, you know, being with the girls, I knew that they were always going to drive each other. So um, the coaches kind of left it down to the team and we would drive the standards ourselves. And we knew what Alex wanted and, you know, you don't want to get on the wrong foot. <laughs> so um, it was very intense and we knew we knew where we had to get to to impress and to develop um but yeah in very intense both both sessions of the week were very very intense indeed and it was you're battling against the other opposite um the other so say my other scrum house we were battling against each other to try and get that uh, number nine shirt on the on match day but it was good competition it wasn't you know falling out and bickering it was driving each other to be better and I guess the other good thing with Saracens and many other teams is that you get that good rotation policy. People, uh, I guess, not starting every game, just sort of giving other players an opportunity to start a game and see what they're all about. Yeah, definitely. Everyone got the opportunity to get their chance in the nine or, you know, their number shirt. 
but at the end of the day what did come down to your effort and your work ethic during the week if you didn't put in 100% of training it would show and you wouldn't it would show then you're not going to be selected for the game to start on the weekend um so yes you all you want to do is start but if you don't you realize there's something you've got to work on and you've got to put in that little bit more effort during the week at training now i don't know if you saw the game when was it last week must have been against harlequins uh top of the table clash uh i only managed to watch the first half because i had a guest on the podcast for the second half so uh so it was a bit uh glum for me but the second half but um I heard it was a very good game uh, and it was very intense, especially that first half. Um, and then I think there was only about three minutes left in that game and Harlequins were ahead by three points. And then they concede a, a penalty right in front of the posts. I mean, that's such a bad position to give away any penalty, really. Yeah, absolutely. I, like yourself, I didn't get to watch the whole game. Um, I dropped in and out um, on my phone, um, but I was, you know, doing other stuff around the flat and stuff. Um, very intense it's that game that you're always nervous about because Saracens and Quinns they're just they just come head to head and it's such a good competition you've got all the England girls in the squads as well and they drive the standards a lot um you got you you got the Cleals on the pitch and you know that's trouble when they're on there together um and when I yeah the the penalty at the end of the game that you know that was typical Saran Saracens to go all we need is a, is a draw so we're going to go to the posts and yeah it was very good very good competition. I guess the good thing from that side of things was obviously you need to get something out of the game. When you're three points behind, you need to get something out of the game within the last two, three minutes. Um, and Alex must have, you know, shouted across the pitch to Zoe saying, take the three points, take the three points. So, yeah. um, because otherwise they would have got nothing out of that game and they would have uh, come away with another loss. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, we, we all know you as a scrum half, right? Um, but have you played in any other positions growing up? Um, um, as injury cover, maybe you've you've come in for a spot that has been injured uh, with another player and you've had to fill that position for a game or two, um, or just from an early age growing up? Yeah, so when I was younger, um, I was actually a hooker. Now, I'm not, I was never good, but it was just always the place I was put in. And my twin sister was a scrum half. And then growing up, it just kind of shifted. I went to scrum half and I absolutely loved it. I used to get a lot of one-on-one -on -one practice with um, James Cooper. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. yeah. Um, got a lot of one-on-one -on -one practice with him and he took us to France for the GB7s. And I was like, yeah, this is for me. Loughborough, um, sorry, scrum half is the position. And then when I was at Loughborough, I think quite a few times I ended up going flanker and I absolutely loved it as well. I mean, I think I'm... I'm one for contact. I love to get involved in the for the physical side of rugby. Um, whenever there's a tackle op tackling opportunity, I'm straight in there. Um, so being told I'm putting the flanker shirt on, I was like, yes, secretly. I couldn't put that out there too loudly, but I was very excited. Um, but yeah, scrum off, I think, tops it just a little bit. Yeah, because we've seen, uh, well, I've seen a lot of your um, Instagram videos that you put up uh, of you doing box kicks and practicing your passes, etc. So I guess that's one of many things that you need to be working on time in and, and time out, so to speak. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was quite often just going down the field during my spare time and um, finding a post. It's very difficult when you're on your own, but you know, during lockdown, it was, all you really had was a rugby post and you had to try and hit that tiny, um, tiny, what's the word I'm looking for? 
um target every single time yeah punishing myself for that if I ever hit it if I missed it I'd be like gosh gotta get better than this (laughs) yeah um but you mentioned flanker there I've been a flanker pretty much my whole rugby career so that's one of the most uh I guess toughest positions to be on a rugby field um but just as much as a nine I mean a nine has to be in the game all the time so yeah they do yeah a lot of fitness yeah. yeah. So one bit that always got me down is the fitness. <laughs> How many times a week did you do fitness uh, tests or sessions? Um, so we try not to do testing as such too much because it was it was more of a psychological game. I think we, as soon as we were told we were in testing, you'd notice the girls were like, oh, you know, I can't actually make training tonight. Um, got, got a thing going on. But we... We notice it's we can all do it. It's it was because you told us we were doing how like a fitness test. We were like we all bottled it almost, and we're like oh, we're really nervous. We can't perform, and we doubted ourselves a lot. So we tried to limit to pre test like so pre season testing, um, just to look at our, where we're at, and then you know after pre season we do it again, see the improvement, and then maybe end of the season we do it again. Um, and it's just to see where we're at. It doesn't it doesn't mean you're not going to get that shirt on the weekend. It just means the coaches know where you're at. That's exactly it. Yeah. Um, see, see how well you are at the start of the season and then towards the end of the season. So, um, and I mean, it's, that's done a lot with a lot of clubs around the world. So, uh, and international uh, teams as well. So, um, but tell me, I mean, it must've been a very awesome feeling for yourself getting called up for that England squad. And the GB squad, to be honest. Um, how did you how did you find out? Where did it where who told you first and foremost? Um, so we'll start with the GB stuff. So I remember being in the TDG squad and um the under tw- uh, the seven squad previous the previous year went across to France and I was so envious. I was like, I really, really wish that was me. I've never done sevens before, but I really want to do it. Um, and then, you know, as I said, working quite close with James Cooper, um, I just worked my socks off and got picked. And it was the best feeling in the world being told we were going out to France. And this is like the first time I got to pull on any form of shirt that represented the country. So it was super nerve wracking. I remember our first training session when we got there. Um, I actually had a panic attack on the pitch because I was like, I can't do this. I, I'm not I'm not meant to be here. I need to go home. Um, but I was completely supported by the physios, by the coaches and by the players. And next day I just got on that pitch and just did what I do. And and it was absolutely fine. I, I loved every minute. But I had my family on the side and they were so noisy. It was ridiculous. <laughs> you hear them from the other side of the pitch. And you, you're like, oh, come on, guys. I'm trying mm. to play a game. Um and then the 20s stuff, it was it was unbelievable, really. I always looked up to them girls as amazing players. And and then when I was told that I was joining the squad, I was like, oh God, I'm I'm one of them people that people look up to in TDG. And it was I think at that point I really screwed my head on a bit more. And um I became less of a teenager and just started to behave a bit more appropriately for that sort of um, path because I knew that there were people that I was inspiring and it was important that I did my best Um, and I was told that in 20s I was just there for experience my first year and then unlucky for the other girls the other scrum master got injured and and then I was told you're playing tomorrow and I was like 
oh my gosh like that is just ridiculous so I was handed the nine shirt and I was I called my mum and I was like mum due to injury I'm playing tomorrow um and she's like wow you know you deserve this so much and as nervous as I was it was the best thing ever you know coming off that pitch caped in mud completely blowing out your but your backside and um, got your family there giving you a hug and supporting you and then all the children that come and get your signatures and stuff it's just that that was the sort of thing that I just stopped and went this is what I've been working for my whole life um, and while I'm still not in the complete and like the full England squad it's the my best at my age and I, I was just totally proud and I was totally overwhelmed but it was just that was the point for me where I was like everything's paying off and this is exactly what I've wanted all my life. Yeah, I was just about to say that. It's uh, all that hard work that you put in from an early age, and then you get that that co-op, you get that uh, that start, and uh, yeah, it must be an amazing feeling uh, to to get to that stage, and for your family to be there as well. Uh, you know, high volume inside the pitch. I mean, that's just that's just great. That just tops yeah. it all. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, it must have been one of your proudest moments ever you know yeah. that would be the same with everybody else I guess in that respect so yeah definitely um so you know before you went over to Loughborough Saracens England GB as well I mean who were some of the coaches that you played under from an early age that really helped you drive and get to that next stage in your rugby career I feel like I'm gonna have to say my dad because if I don't he won't let me forget it Um, my dad was my coach me and my sister's coach when we were growing up and of course he's the one that got us into it Um, and it was tough love the whole way through it was no missing weekends because we were too tired it was you're not going to make it if you're going to sit in bed you know he pushed us to be better and um, that's really paid off and there was a few coaches um, someone called Claire Grimshaw and my mum actually helped on the side as well manage the women's team uh, so the girls team so when we got to the point where we were to leave the boys we were like what we're going to do um so they got together a team of girls that allowed us to continue to play um and I honestly don't know where I'd be now if I if they hadn't have done that because I wouldn't have done that myself I was young and I was like well this is it then this is where women's rugby takes me and mm. I'm done um but do you know what it's moved so much it's changed so much over the years most clubs that I visit now have a girls team and you know it's, it's on telly it's everyone's talking about it it's just incredible to be part of that um, community yeah and I was just going to add on top of that as well that I did a bit of coaching myself over in Dubai for a, a long time or a bit um, and I remember that I coached the girls team over there for a bit and it was a great experience because the first time that I've ever coached the girls team and the amount of people that were there was incredible. Like, honestly, it was great. Um, So it's good to see that developing around the world and seeing that there's, there's a lot of girls teams coming up and, and getting to that next stage as well. So um, it's very, very good to see that. Um, And all these young players that play for clubs, then, you know, look up to you guys and, and others as well, playing for Premier 15's clubs and then realising that, you know, I could be I could be doing that one day later in my life, you know? Absolutely. So. Yeah, and I think it's good now because there's a clear pathway for girls. When I was younger, it was you either make it or you don't. I didn't know the steps between. It was 
it was a very uncertain path for me but even so I was adamant that's what I wanted and you know as I did it it just things started to fall into place for me um and that's how I got to where I am now and but now you know they've got the clear pathway um and it's so clear for the girls the younger girls at the club where where their rugby can take them yeah absolutely I completely agree um with what you're saying about that so um but um now this part obviously is to, is to do with mental health obviously I I know quite a lot of people who play rugby or other sports that do have mental health issues um that do struggle you know from time to time um do you know anybody that's currently obviously maybe in the prem 15s or outside the prem 15s that that do have mental health issues and are struggling a bit with what's going on especially with covid around as well yeah absolutely i know so many people you know rugby or not there's just they're just everywhere aren't they and it's just giving them that support and um you know asking them are you okay sort of thing um and being understanding being that person that they need to support them and there is so many people family friends they're in the rugby team they've stopped like rugby there's just so many do you um keep in touch with all these guys from time to time yeah so i've got a few of the girls i um we we occasionally talk to um over whatsapp and you know, we, we're organising these coffee dates for when we're allowed to, um, which we actually are now, which is great. Um, going for nice walks with some of the girls. Um, and where I'm playing now, the Saracens girls go to the gym. So I was at training during the week and they drove past. They were like, Jodie, hey. And I was like, oh, hi, guys. And I haven't seen them in a year and a half or so. And it's just so nice to see them again. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's always great to try to keep in touch with these guys as much as possible and make sure that they're doing okay and make sure that they're uh, being supportive, uh, being supported, sorry, um, and um, staying sane, I guess, in that respect. So, um, because this COVID thing has just hurt quite a lot of people, to be fair, uh, over the last year. Um, and we all just want to get back to what we do best. I mean, I... I think up here in Scotland, where I am, uh, it's been about maybe a few sessions like for the juniors and that's it. Uh, seniors have not actually started anything yet, as far as I know. So, um, but I've seen a lot of stuff going on where where you guys are, to be fair, um, with rugby coaching and playing, et cetera. So that must be good. Yeah, no, it was brilliant because I, I only started playing again this week. We'll start training again this week with a team and the turnout was insane. Was, I think there was about 40 women that came on Monday night and I was like wow this is awesome um and then Wednesday all the juniors women there was a girls team as well which was great to see every single pitch at this clubhouse was being used by different teams and it, um by different age groups and it was just the numbers were just flooding in the car park was full we're parking on the on the uh, road it was that's what I miss the most is having that many people in one place at once and everyone doing what you love the most now, am I correct in saying that you're obviously you're still with our old Albanians rugby club? Um, am I correct in saying that Sarah McKenna is the head coach there? She is, yes. So it's quite a tight connection with Saracens as well. Um, mm. We also have Rocky Clark, who's a who likes to play sometimes, also coaches. Um, so it, yeah, no, it's very good to have such high quality coaching from the from the ladies um, and the group is itself is just incredible we all and it's same as saracens we just drive the standards and we have a real good laugh doing it as well that that's very good to know that people like sarah and rocky 
are coming in and coaching you guys and you know helping you out etc so that's, that's very good to see uh two top top quality players there um so that's very good to see um now speaking of old albanians obviously you're still with them at the moment but um i must ask you this i mean you're still very young how old are you at the moment i'm 20 20 so i mean what what made you decide overall then to sort of stop playing I guess we can classify it as semi-professional, I guess, at the moment, uh, with, the, with the women's rugby at the moment. Um, why did you decide to stop playing semi-professional rugby at that stage before joining Old Albanians? Um, it, it was a really tough decision. I'd been at Saracens for a season and hadn't played a game or trained with the girls because of injury. Um, and that injury was really tough for me because I've never been injured before. I mean, I have little niggles, but that was my first injury that put me out for a long time. And that affected me a lot. I mean, I lost all my confidence. Um, I didn't think I was capable of getting back into good shape or getting back to where I was before. Uh, I felt really out of touch with the girls. Um, I just, I mean, girls are supportive, but in my head, I wasn't relating with them at all because I was the one that was in the physio room and they were the ones training on the pitch. And that was really tough for me. I was so far away from home. Um, well, I mean, it was, it's not that far from home, but it was far enough to make you feel a bit isolated. And um, the weekend I was supposed to play rugby, they were canceled because of COVID. So that was, you know, I built myself up to play and then all cut off. And I was like, I've got to do it all again. And, that build up and then the disappointment of not being able to do it. I think that was like the cherry on top of the icing for me. It, you know, I, it just pushed me over the edge. I had been feeling a bit unhappy within the sport for a while. I was in denial of it. I absolutely was. But, um, I, you know, I want rugby was once the thing that would fill me with happiness and then I found the more I was pretending that was the case it was actually taking away I felt I, I I almost got myself into a depressed state because I was lying to myself I was lying to my family and friends um I was forcing myself to do something I really didn't want to do at the time I was burning the candle at both ends um and I I was actually at the pub like I'm just with my family it was when they did the eat out to help out scheme I was of course at the pub getting two meals for the price of one that's what you do um and I just went mum I've quit and she she was so taken aback. she was she was really upset I mean she's wanted me to play for England all my life as much as I've wanted to so hearing me say that I've stopped playing she she didn't take it very well and I don't blame her it, it was very disappointing for myself as well but I got to the point where if I carried on, I'd end up hating the sport. And that was the one thing I didn't want to do. Um, I was at a point where I wasn't happy with it. So I thought, well, if I take a step back now, I can build that love back up and then come back raring for it. So that's exactly what I did. I just went, I'm going to stop. And that was, a, that was the hardest decision was to do it. I mean, I'd been toying with it. I'd been calling up my physio and I kept saying, I want to quit, I want to quit. And she's like, well, maybe just give it a go, like push through pre-season, see how it goes. But I was just, I, in my head, I'd already made the decision. Um, I just wanted her to say, okay, just do it then. Um, yeah. And I did, I just called, I emailed the head coach and I just said, I'm going to stop playing um, for the foreseeable future. I don't know where this will leave me in terms of 
you know, whether I'll come back or not, this is, I have to do this. I have to have a break. I've been doing it for so long. And uh, I think this is exactly what I need. And at the time, I mean, over the last six, seven months, however long it's been, I've, I was telling, my, telling myself, I'm not going to go back to rugby. I'm quite happy just, you know, being on the outside of that thing um, and just supporting, you know, cl local clubs or just watching it on the get on the TV or something. And then last weekend, I think it was Saturday, I was on the sofa watching TV and I just went, I'm going to go, I'm going to go back. I'm going to start on Monday. And mm -hmm. I didn't really give myself the time to try and talk myself out of it. I just, I emailed OAs and I was like, I'm going to be there on Monday. They're like, great, we'll see you there. And that was it. And I went and I absolutely loved it. And that was so important to me was, it was kind of the make or break. If I didn't enjoy it, I was worried that that would be it for me, but I loved it so much. I was so buzzing to get back on Wednesday um, to see, and do you know what? Seeing other people as well was nice. Not done that for a while either. Yeah. Um, but all the girls, I, I I filled them in. I said that I've not been playing for about two years now, and I'm just super nervous. And I just, it was honestly incredible. I mean, I had a smile on my face the whole time, despite feeling my lungs have collapsed inside my chest. I was so out of breath, so tired. But you know, and my body is so sore right now. I've not felt this pain for so long, but mm. it's the best feeling in the world at the same time because it's what I've missed and. I know that I said, I know I stopped because I didn't enjoy it, but having that break really was the one thing that uh, brought it back for me. You know, I, I gave myself, I didn't put any pressure on myself to come back. I said, if I don't, it's not the end of the world. You know, you can just go to the gym, keep yourself healthy, keep yourself fit. Mm. And just giving myself that break was enough to bring it back. And now that I'm back on the pitch, and do you know what I said to somebody, I'm back playing rugby. It's not for the same team, but I'm back. And she says, rugby is rugby. Rugby is rugby. And, and do you know what? It's all one community at the end of the day. And I know that I've got my family and my friends supporting me either way, whether it's in an England shirt or, an, or a Saturn shirt or an old, old Albanian shirt, it's rugby. And that's yeah. the important thing. I guess, I guess it gives you a, a good chance to sort of step back and, you know, have a think and see where it takes you in the next few years or so uh, about what the next steps will be for you personally. So, um, and when you mentioned about injuries, I mean, I've had my fair share of injuries before I've had knee injuries. I've had uh, ankle injuries. I've had the whole, the worst of it, you know? Um, so I completely understand where you're coming from. I mean, I've been out for probably several weeks or several months because of it. So, um, and uh, it's not nice. It's really not nice. Missing a lot of time, a lot of playing time, a lot of training time, etc. So, yeah, it's really tough. Hmm. Um, and I'm going to finish on one more question before we pass on to our free Looseheads uh, Academy ambassadors. But uh, what has been, uh, oh, sorry, what have you seen or heard that's been funny on a rugby pitch? Oh, do you know what? There's been countless things, but um, not even with me playing. This was last week's game, hmm. Saracens against Harlequins. I'm still in the players' social chat. I'm not even sure they've realised it yet, but I'm still in there, like, looking at what they say. Um, Poppy Cleal, she's just... Her and Leanne Riley getting into a little bit of a scrap, and there's a picture of her with a hand in her face, in Poppy's hand in... Um, oh, I saw that, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> in Leanne Riley's face. And I just thought, that is just typical her. I mean, 
I expect these sort of things from her anyway now that nowadays, but um seeing that picture and then someone put a video of her and Bryony as babies having a fight and it just summed them up. And I just thought it was hilarious. There's been loads quite a few funny things on the rugby pitch, so yeah. countless. <laughs> uh, it's quite interesting to know that they do that one week and then all of a sudden they're tra- they're playing and training alongside together in an England jersey. I mean, yeah. that's just... I always wonder if it's awkward for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, it, as you say, it just sums it up, really, doesn't it? Uh, so, but um, I mean, Poppy and Hannah Bossman, for example, are, must be such a, a laugh together, the two of them. So yeah, from what no, I've heard, so... Constantly, yeah, yeah. When, when they're in the room, it's... Was it no? Do you know what? It was Marley Packer and, and Hannah Bottman in the Saracens change room having a wrestle on the floor before <laughs> a training session, and none of us knew why. It was just happening, and it just felt so normal. It was just them in a nutshell, really. Um, not sure if they had too much pre-workout or something. I don't know, but they were just crazy and having this fight in the middle of the changing rooms. <sighs> Mad. Um, but let me finish on this just before just before we move over to Jamie and, and the others as well, but. Where do you see yourself in the next few years going forward? It's an interesting question. I've been thinking quite a lot about this one. Um, so I'm actually going to start in uni to do my teacher training um, this year, which it, it takes a lot of weight off my shoulders because I was always uncertain about my career. You know, I didn't know where I was going to end up with that. Therefore, I never knew where I'd end up with rugby. Um, now, it's tricky because I said to my mum and other people, I said, if I'm approached by Prem, there's a good chance I'll give it another go and go down that path again. Um, but I'm not going to pressure myself to go straight into it. Like I say, I'm building myself back up with championship, um, which I'm loving. But yeah, if I'm approached, that could be a bit of a game changer. It could, it could be what leads me down that path again um, within good time. So yeah, I don't really know. It's I'm really not sure where I'll be. Um, I can't. I can't really answer much more than that. Well, very, very best of luck uh, with wherever you go with next. I'm sure it will. It will be very successful, for, not only for you but for your family as well, because uh, uh, they'll be so proud of what what you will do be be doing next. I guess in that respect. So, um, but um, so we're gonna uh, hand over to Jamie. Let's go with Jamie first because it's his first time on the podcast as well. So. Uh, Jamie, have you got any questions for Jody? Um, oh, let's think. I'm always terrible with questions. <laughs> That's the main problem. <laughs> like whether it's therapy, whether it's what we're watching tonight, stuff like that. <laughs> but it's I, I do think you you're quite lucky in a sense that you're you're so young that you can get back into rugby, get back to loving it. And then there's a chance that in that time frame, the women's game could come on leaps and bounds and be more clubs, more funding more like professional contracts available as well that you're in the perfect position really to be able to get back into that eventually yeah absolutely I agree that was I think that was one of the things that helped me make the decision to stop when I did was because I'm so young and I've got time on my side (laughs) yeah definitely I would say I I sort of went through like a a similar sort of thing I I ended up quitting due to uh, anxiety just being petrified of getting things wrong and the same getting back after I think it was 12 years I spent out and getting back into it was just the best feeling ever. Just getting back out there and running about yeah. and getting dirty. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, when they say they're going to ease you back into contact, you're like, why? Let's just go for it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it worked well for me because I got the nice ease back in and then 
it was again <laughs> same as you possibly. It was right before first games back, cancelled again. It was just oh, heart wrenching. It, yeah, it really is. Yeah. But it's uh, obviously I'll, I'll let Beth and Marty ask questions because uh, I can see they're both itching to and probably better questions than me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who was like sort of your role models growing up? Like, who did you look up to in rugby? Considering that it's only really got big with the, in the women's scene within like the last five or so years, and you're still quite a young player yourself. Um, I remember when I was younger. It sounds really silly because obviously people retire. Um, Maggie, I was terrified of her, and I was thought I could never go to training with her. I mean, I was like ten, and I was like, I can't go and play for England because she's there and she'll smash me in training not thinking she's going to be retired by that point um but she I always thought she is a beast and you know I'd love to be like her um and then getting towards like these sort of years um Sarah Hunter was someone she was at Loughborough as well so I always looked up to her as a player um and Nowadays, it's more like Leanne Riley, you know, being in the same position. I've obviously watched and analysed her as a player, um, as like player homework. And she's just, you know, she's like, she's got a really good pass on her. She's really confident, really outgoing. And, you know, it's, I'm quite envious of her skills in rugby. And then the second question I want is like, who do you like? Who did you fear playing against when you were playing in the Prem Fifteen, or who would you fear playing against if you were to say get an offer to go back next season? Really good question. Um, so let's say beforehand, I was, I was always scared to play against Mo Hunt because of her experience in the game and her profile within the rugby um, environment. And I was just like, oh God, I love contact, like I say, but I don't know how about tackling her at the back of the scrum. I always doubted it. Um, never actually got the opportunity to actually give it a go. But um, yeah, I was always quite nervous about playing against her. I was all right with other people. I mean, some of them did scare me a little bit, but um, yeah, my hunt, I think because of her experience and her skill, I was just a bit, I, I think I was just comparing myself quite a lot to her and doubted myself but I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, and then the second part was, um, if I was to go back now, if I was to go back now, and I think I'd be nervous to, if I, if I was to play for Saracens, I'd be scared to be against um, Natasha Harper at Loughborough. I played with her at 20s. She's a great player to play with. I'm not sure about against. She's a, she's honestly like a train. She just runs me straight through. And, um, yeah, I, she's a brilliant player, and she's grown a lot over the last couple of seasons. I mean, she's been called up to England, as you know. So, yeah, definitely, Sasha Harper. This is a question I'm I'm very sort of curious about. So we, I think the first time I played against you at Wellingborough a few years ago. And you absolutely decked me while I was on the wing. Um, I know the others are laughing. laughing. So I, I then became a scrum half next season. But I wanted to know, apart from sort of nine, Lanka, front row, where would you play? That's a good question. Um, I think, oh, that's really, maybe centre. Um, centre's 
a good position, you know, your midfield, you can see everything that's really going on. Also, you've not got to make that split decision like that, like the scrum half does, um, and being at the breakdown, reading the picture. That's something that I've always struggled with is reading that picture before I get there, while you're out of breath, and you've got to get a good pass as well to the right person. And there's, you know, these bunch of people, and you're like, I don't know to give it to. Um, yeah, I think probably centre. I'm not sure it would be outside or inside. Um, it's They're quite different from each other in a sense. Um, it'd be quite good to give that a go. It's very different to scrum off. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to unmute myself, but it's not working. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, okay. Uh, let me just check. Right. So has everyone asked the questions that they want to ask overall? Perfect. Right. So, Jody, we're going to get into some quick fire questions to finish off with. Now, these have always been fun to do. And, uh, you know, the viewers will get to know you a little bit more with these questions as well as we go through them uh, one by one. So are you ready? Yeah, I'm hoping I'm not going to have a brain fart when these are coming out now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I, I think you'll be quite good at these. Uh, so uh, let's go with the first one. Who is the funniest teammate overall for you? Hannah Botman. Has to be, eh? Yeah, she's hilarious. The things she comes up with, I do I, you know at half time, I don't think she even thinks about what she says. She just says it, which is the funniest part, I think. Um, what is your number one beverage to have in your downtime? We're allowed alcohol, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, strong way dark fruits, for sure. Nice, nice. Um, what is your favourite cheat meal? Chinese. You make me hungry. <laughs> you didn't have a Chinese tonight, did you? No, I, I didn't. But maybe no. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favourite brand of boots? Nike. Or Nike. How do you even say it? I don't even know anymore. I so believe it's called Nike, but a lot of people will have different opinions about yeah, it. So. You know what? Whatever satisfies you. Nike, Nike. You know what I'm talking about. What the tick? <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I think we talked about this a little bit before, but um, did you have any rugby heroes growing up? Yeah, Maggie. Always Maggie. Always Maggie, yeah. Yeah, beast. Terrifying. Really nice, actually. Terrifying, person. but a nice person overall. <laughs> so, yeah, she's got the full package, really. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying yeah. on the pitch, really lovely off the pitch. <laughs> um. What is your favourite movie or TV show? Hmm. I've got what a favourite series. Thing, like, yeah, what was like the last thing series. you watched with Ben? Last thing we watched? Ben? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> what was the film we watched yesterday? Harry Brown. We watched that yesterday. We were both oh, yeah. in tears. Really good film, but we were crying our eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have any nicknames? Um, Mally... Well, Mally was my dad's name, nickname, and I was always called it growing up at the rugby club, or Mally Junior, um, or Mallard. Mallard's pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, now, I've seen this a lot on your Instagram page, so I'm sure you'll, you'll give the answer very, very quickly or very straightforward, but what is your favourite gym exercise to do? Well, squat or deadlift, it's one of them two, got to be. Definitely my favourite. I think oh, maybe even deadlifts now. 
I used to hate them so much, but I've grown to love them. <laughs> How much can you uh, squat? My squat What's your now, best? now nothing. But now um, I used to be able to do. I think it was one thirty-five kg for one rep. I think, yeah, I think it's about that. And um, uh, bench as well. Bench was seven, se- ooh, 70. No, maybe yeah, about 70. I think it was 70 for one, one rep. That was really straining though. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your favorite type of food? Now you mentioned Chinese. I can't do that again, can I? <laughs> maybe I'll go for a healthy food now. Um, this sounds pretty boring, but I actually really enjoy having lean mints with rice and veg. With, with like Brussels sprouts and stuff, you know, the good stuff. Nothing wrong with that, no? <laughs> um, what, this is not the next one, but what do you usually have a day before a game? Um, so, yeah, probably typically the rice and the mints or a chicken or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Never a steak again. We did that before, before a game. We were fed steak at a hotel before we played against France awful awful decision oh, no it's just horrible playing with a steak in your stomach <laughs> yeah I, I i've actually had players on the podcast that have said that they'd like to have a steak before a really game. no yeah. <laughs> biggest regret of my life but for you it's completely different so yeah definitely yeah um and the last one is what is your favorite item of clothing that you have in your cupboard what's that one oh. thing you love to wear my, um, I've got these blue leggings from my protein, and I just I want to buy more. I'm just gonna have to. They're just my favorite. They stand out. They're comfy. They're flattering. <laughs> what more could you want, really? <laughs> yeah. How, how much were they? Just out of interest. I probably like. Well, no, me. I got them on the sale, so maybe like twenty three. <laughs> <but laughs> that's normally when I go shopping. It's when there's a good sale. Um, yeah. yeah it's so long ago. I didn't remember, but maybe twenty pounds. And is, is blue, I guess, your favourite colour then, overall? It's not, actually. Yellow is my favourite colour. I always <laughs> I always said yellow is my favourite because it's a happy colour. And I just stuck yeah. by that all the time. But anything luminous, I absolutely love it. Fair play. Fair play. Um, well, that, that pretty much wraps up the, the pod. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Jodie. We all really appreciate your time. Um, thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Bethany. Thank you, Maddie. Um, I really appreciate your time as well, guys. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. Jody. we'd love to keep in touch with you as much as possible uh, going into the near future. So um, whenever you've got time, just just let us know and we'll be, it'll be thrilled to have you back on. So uh, no, brilliant. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. It was just, um, such a new experience and a great opportunity. So I really appreciate you guys having me on tonight and asking me these questions. Well, one of my main goals, I guess, is to help promote women's rugby. And that's by getting as many players like yourself coming onto the pod and having a chat, a good chat overall about your your rugby and where it will take you going forward. So, um, but as far as tonight goes, we really appreciate your time. So thank you so much. Thank you very much.